Welcome to another great week here on Brit David Podcast, as Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled, Good News, Bad News, from Romans, Road to Salvation. Have you ever heard someone say, I've got some good news and some bad news? Which one do they usually lead with? Which one would you lead with? The Bible gives us the bad news before it gives us the good news, and both are a part of the gospel. Really, before a person is ready to hear and understand the good thing that God has done for him, he must recognize and understand the bad thing that he has done to God. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. You can be seated. I'm so glad that you're here today. Several years ago, we sent out one of our automated phone calls. You know, we can, I can record a message there in the office and then it will call every member of our church. It'll call every one of those phone numbers one by one by one and deliver that very same message. So on this particular occasion, um, I started the message out just like I start every one of those. Hey, this is Tim from Britt David. And then continued on with the rest of the message. Now, what you may not know about those calls is they are individual. They don't all go out at once. And we can hear in the office whatever's happening on that line. So, so those of you who grunt, those of you who hang up, we know who you are, you know. So one day, the message went out. Hey, this is Tim. And the man on the other line said, well, hey, Tim. I said, on the message, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which one would you like first? And he said, the good news. I said, okay, here's the bad news. <laughs> it didn't really matter which one he wanted first, right? Today I got some good news and I got some bad news for you. Which one you want first? It don't matter, I'm going to give you the bad news first. Let me, uh, let me share something with you before we even begin today. What you can do, some practical things that you can do today during this message that will help you, help you beyond some of the things typically that we may do. Number one is to pray before we begin. Not just for me to lead us in some giant prayer, but for you right there in your seat. If you're seated in the congregation, if you're watching by Facebook, if you're listening later to the podcast, to take just a moment and stop and to say, Lord Jesus... Speak to my heart. Take your word and apply it to me. It's going to be easy for you today to be able to take some of these passages and say, boy, I wish old so-and-so was here. I wish they'd heard that. You know, he'd really got them if they'd been here, right? Well, this message isn't for them. This message is for you. You may come to a point where you say, well, I've, I've already heard that. I already know that. That's all right. If you really know it, I mean, if you really know it deep down in your heart, then you like to hear it all the more. You like to hear it again and again and again. So pray. Ask the Spirit of God to work in your heart as He delivers His Word into your life today. Second thing that I would say is to mark your Bible. To mark your Bible. I, I don't know if you like to write in your Bible or not. I like to write in my Bible. Uh, and my memory's not that good, so I like to write in it. 
And I like to underline verses or, or put a star by the verses or circle the verses or do something and, and write other little notes in there that, that when God speaks to me later on, I can go back and I can say, that's what, that's what God did that day. So I encourage you to take some notes, not only the card, but take some notes in your Bible today. Let me tell you the way I've done this. When I was a kid growing up, I had always heard preachers talk about the Roman road or the Romans road as a way to express salvation to somebody, to to take a person through the plan of salvation that you might introduce them to the man of salvation. The only problem is, in all those years of being in church, I really didn't know what that was. I was familiar with the term, but I didn't know. And I didn't know where you would begin. After being a Christian for about three years, and finally having my very first opportunity that I took, to share my faith with another person, I realized I need some help. I mean, I need some help. That was pitiful, you know? And so I thought about that Roman road, and I thought, I don't know what that is. So I began in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 1, and I read all the way through the entire book. And I kept marking verses that I thought, this is something that somebody needs to know in order to become a Christian. Now, by the time I was through, I had, I'm going to give you today four verses. I had about eight verses through here. And I thought, there ain't no way that I can remember all those verses. So this is what I encourage you to do. We're going to start today in Romans chapter 3. All right? So if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. The second place that you're going to turn is to Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. So this is what I did. All you little cheaters out there, you're going to love this one, all right? So right there by Romans 3.23, I highlighted it. I underlined it. I put a little circle around it. There ain't no no missing Romans 3.23 when I get to this page. But right there in the margin, I wrote 6.23. And why do you think I did that? So that when I show a person Romans 3.23, I don't have to remember where to go next. It's just written there. It is. It's like a little Bible cheat sheet, right? And it's okay. So then when I get to Romans 6.23, then I got the next one for you, all right? I encourage you to do those things because I don't expect you to remember everything, you know? So write those things down. They will help you. I promise you that they will help you. I never had shared my faith with another person until I got mad enough to do so. And then when I did share my faith, it was such a teetotal disaster, I thought, I have got to do something better than this. I was a student at University of Georgia and had a group of friends that we all were kind of in the same boat. We knew that we needed to share our faith. We just didn't know how to do that. And we didn't know how to find real good opportunities either. You know, at that point, we were, we were good church-going boys. We were, we were going to church all the time and... Our friends, our circle were church, believers, you know, people that really were following Christ. Where am I going to find these people? You know, we started noticing that each one of us, through the classes that we were in, were being invited to different parties, college parties, fraternity parties, whatever kind of party, you know, the excuses of parties, right? And every one of us said, you know, I, I, I don't live that life anymore. I don't want to do that anymore, so thanks for the invitation, but no thanks. So as we got together and began talking about that, what we decided was, let's say yes 
to whatever invitation we get and then ask if we can bring a friend with us. It's a college party, of course, <laughs> you can bring friends with you. So we would bring one another. And we would go to those parties and just find people that we could talk to one-on-one. And I would take them through the very same verses I'll take you through today. I want to tell you something. These verses, God can use to change anybody's life. Anybody's. I used it this week. I used it this week down at the mission. Used it yesterday. Used it in order to tell people how they can know that they know that they belong to Christ. All right? You ready? Which one you want first, good news or the bad news? Great. I got some bad news for you. There is bad news in the gospel. There really is. I mean, and, that, and that's really the place where we start. You see, the bad news is, is that everyone has taken a wrong turn. Everybody has taken a wrong turn. Everybody has messed up. If you're there in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23... What does that verse say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't say most people have sinned. It doesn't say some people have sinned. It doesn't say a few people have sinned. It doesn't say the worst people have sinned. It says for all have sinned. You're in the all. I'm in the all. In fact, if you were to back up just a few verses to verse number 10... The Bible says, and the Bible here quotes the Bible, when it says, there is none that is righteous. None. There's not one person who really does good. Now, if I compare myself to a person who's terrible, if I compare myself to, to someone historically who is an evil person, then yep, I can stand back and say, well, you know what, if that's the standard, then yeah, I'm pretty good. But if I compare myself with Jesus, I am so far from being good that I am rotten to the core. Do you know the Bible says that all of my righteousness, all of my good things that I do are like filthy rags before the Lord. There is no way that I can hold my life up before Him and say, God, look at this life. I deserve to go to heaven. Now, I don't know where you are. I don't know how you think about those things. When I was a kid, I used to think that God had this giant pair of scales, you know? On one side of the scales, He puts all your good deeds. On one side of the scale, He puts all your bad deeds. If your good outweighs your bad, congratulations, you get to go to heaven. This is what I thought. Until a friend of mine asked me, Tim, how good do you have to be? Is it like... 51% to 49%, is that how good you have to be? You know, you get into heaven by the skin of your teeth. Do you have to, like in school, do you have to have a passing grade? Does that have to be 70-30 at least? Or do you have to make an A? Do you have to have 90% good? You know, or some schools where an A is 93%, you have to have 93% good. Maybe you have to be like, remember the old ivory soap commercials? You know, how pure is ivory soap? It's 99 and 44, 100% pure, right? It's not good enough. Jesus said, be ye therefore perfect, even as my Father in heaven is perfect. That's the standard. 
If that's the standard, then I have fallen short of the glory of God. Because I have sinned. And I wish I could take it back. I wish I could undo it. I wish I could unload myself. But you can't, can you? You can't unsay words. You can't undo actions. They're done. You can apologize for them. And somebody can tell you that, that, that it's okay, or they can tell you that they forgive you. But the reality is, is that you have done what you have done, or you have not done what you should have done. When the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, then that is me. And that's bad news, isn't it? That's bad news. I have something else for you, though. There is worse news in the gospel. Worse news. You say, Tim, what could, what could possibly be worse than discovering that you have fallen short of God's glory? What could possibly be worse than discovering that I am a sinner and that God sees me that way? The Bible says, your sins have separated you from your God. So that even your prayers he will not hear. My sins have separated me. Now I want to tell you something. That is worse news because not only am I separated now, the Bible says that I will be separated forever. If you were following along in my Bible, and if you're still turned there to Romans chapter 3.23, guess what's written right there in the margin? 6.23. Would you flip over there for a moment? Maybe you have to turn a page. There you're going to discover that the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. You know what a wage is. A wage is, is what you earn. It's like on your job. If you have a job with a wage of $10 an hour, and you work for an hour, how much do you make? This one's not hard. $10. Here's a hard truth for you. How much of that $10 does the government get? All right, we're not going to go there. If you work for two hours, you get $20. If you work for three hours, you get $30, right? It is what you earn for what you do. So look in the verse. What is the doing of Romans 6.23? It's sin. He says the wages of sin, what you earn because of your sin is what? Death. Death. Physical death? Yes. Physical death entered the world because of sin through Adam and Eve. Physical death will be ours because of sinfulness. But the sin that Romans 6.23 talks about is far worse than being buried at Park Hill. The, the death that Romans 6.23 is talking about is a spiritual death. In the same way that the that in physical death, the, the body is separated from the soul. In spiritual death, the soul is separated from God. And that condition remains forever and forever and forever and forever unless something changes that destination. Now I want to change it. I want to fix it. But I'm not qualified, am I? I'm not qualified. I don't get to pay myself. I have earned 
death through my actions. So I don't get to pay. Anybody that's going to pay for my sins is going to be somebody who does not have them of himself. There's only one person I know of like that. The Bible says that's Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So He who knew no sin has taken on my sin, my punishment, my penalty. You see, when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, spiritual and eternal death, what it's saying about me is I deserve hell. I deserve to be separated from God for forever. I have earned that. The wages of sin. The first verse already established that I am one, right? I am a sinner. All have sinned. What's the wage of that sin? It is death. It is separation from God for forever. It's being eternally separated from Him. I want to tell you something. There is bad news in the gospel. And then there is worse news in the gospel. Even if a person joins a church, even if a person is baptized, even if a person gives money, even if a person teaches Sunday school, even if that person is the preacher, he cannot take his sins away and he cannot reverse his punishment. There's no way. There's no way. Pastor Tim, thanks you for joining us here today on Britt David Podcast. He would also love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.